What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Again, my name is Caleb Rutherford, the host of the Transform Podcast. I'm excited. I'm grateful that you are with me uh, as we begin another episode here on season number five. This is episode number five. Um, I'm, I'm excited to be making our way through this season. Now, it's been a few, I, I guess, a few seasons that I've been able to make it all the way through a season just because of the many things that life uh, tends to throw at you and a lot of the uh, the big changes that um, my family and I have been going through. Um, but nonetheless, we're grateful to be able to be here in this position where we are. And I'm excited to continue to be working on this network, working alongside all of these guys. We've got so many people who are working with us, um, who are doing this just out of the goodness of their heart and for all of the things that they do, man. It's just good to be here and good to be a part of this uh, this particular network. So many good things that we've got going on. Just keep keep staying tuned uh, to the Scattered Abroad Network, scatteredabroad.org. Our website's going to have all the updates and everything that you need to know for it. I'm um, just excited for all the things that we got going on. If you've been following along this season, um, we we are uh, continuing our theme out of Second Peter chapter one. That is, what is Christian living? And maybe this is the first episode that you've come across. And if it is, that's okay. You can, you're welcome to listen to it. But it may, it may make a little bit more sense if you go all the way back to episode number one. Um, you're only a few episodes ahead uh, if you listen to this one. So we're not too far uh, deep into this season. But if you go back to episode one and you are able to uh, kind of pick up there, you're able to understand some of the background and groundwork that we've laid as it comes to this idea of Christian living. Uh, Second Peter chapter one, Peter is writing to Christians and he's giving them a lot of these characteristics that they need to be adding into their lives, things that will help make them uh, who God would have them to be. Uh, we've talked about a lot of things uh, thus far. We've talked about the background of this book, just briefly, the background of Peter. Uh, we've talked about things like faith and righteousness and knowledge, corruption, promises. Um, we've talked about giving um, and how it requires effort and work from you, that idea of diligence, um, how it's a characteristic that we all need to possess and we need to continue working on. Uh, we talked about faith um, and how it has to be pleasing um, and, and hearing and, and obedient. And we talked about virtue, the, the idea of, of courage uh, the, to do what's right, regardless of everything that's going on around us. Uh, we talked about some examples and we looked at Joseph and Ruth and we looked at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, we looked at Jesus, uh, obviously the ultimate example, the one who we should imitate, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. Uh, we've talked about a lot of things so far. Um, as we get into this next segment, this next episode, I want to talk about the word knowledge. In fact, Peter says here um, in Second Peter chapter one, he says, "But giving, but also for this very reason here in verse five, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge." Again, remember. Everything that we have, everything we talk about here builds upon the fact that we already have a faith in Almighty God. I want to go back to the Greek language once again, and I want to look at this word that is used for the for the word knowledge, and it is this word gnosis, G-N-O-I-E. G-N-O-S-I-S, Gnosis, Knowledge for Christian Growth. Um, and and I th when I think about this word knowledge, really we understand that without knowledge and growth, you and I as Christians are just simply dead, right? In, in no way can you and I be pleasing to God without this. Um, but when I think about it, it's interesting because it also is that which gives our faith and our virtue a direction in which to go. Think about that. It's one thing to have faith. But to know the th in what to place that faith, to know in what and why you are showing forth that moral courage, that virtue. You see how everything blends together, everything complements one another and allows us to be pleasing to God. 
If I, ha- I can have faith and I can have virtue about things, but if I don't know what those things are, if I don't have that knowledge, what good is it doing me? It's not really doing me any good at all. And so I want to talk about the word knowledge in a few areas, both today and the next week. Remember, these episodes are a little bit shorter, so maybe you can get in some other episodes on your commute to work, wherever it is that you're listening. Um, and, and we're going to get through some of these, and, and we're not going to take too much time to do it. The first thing I want you to think about is this, so as it comes to this idea of knowledge, think about this. Not, zeal without knowledge is dangerous. Zeal without knowledge is very, very dangerous. What in the world does that mean? Go to Romans chapter 10. If you have an opportunity, if your Bible's open, uh, if, you're, if you're in a position to, to, to multitask here, turn to Romans chapter 10. When we talk about the word zeal, the word zeal is this idea of having a fire or a, a determination, a willingness to go and do what needs to be done. Now, what happens if there is no direction of where to aim that? Again, we talked about faith. We talked about virtue and how there has to be knowledge, right, to know where to put those things. Well, the same thing is with zeal. We can be zealous for a lot of different things and even think that we may be zealous for the right things. But you see, until we have true knowledge, spiritually speaking, we will end up being detrimental to ourselves, but also to the church. Okay, we have to have a knowledge of where to put that zeal, what direction to point that zeal if we want to be pleasing and we want to accomplish good things for the cause of Christ. Notice Romans chapter 10, beginning of verse 1. Paul says to the church at Rome, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. There's a couple of things I want to think about as we look at Romans chapter 10. We're going to look at two things um, in this episode, and then we're going to look at three other things, and we're going to go to a couple of other places uh, as we close out the episode next week. But for today, I want to think about a couple of things. Number one, I want to think about this idea of, in Romans chapter 10, there is this idea of salvation wanting to be obtained, okay? Paul wants these people to obtain salvation, all right? He wants them to be saved. Just in the exact same way that we know that God wants people to be saved, right? First Timothy chapter two and verse four, um, God who would have all men come to a knowledge of the truth. Second Peter chapter three and verse nine, God is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering towards us, not willing what? That any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, some might say, well, well, Paul, you sound a little judgy, right? You sound a little judgy in all of this. But here's the interesting thing. Paul knew exactly what it was like to be on the other side of this discussion, didn't he? Okay, think about Philippians chapter 3. In Philippians chapter 3, beginning of verse 3, the Bible says, Paul speaking, For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone thinks he he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things for loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, 
but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by my faith. Notice verse three and verse verse ten and verse eleven, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. You can also go to Acts chapter twenty six. Paul talks about in all of these places he knew what it meant to live in the other side of this entire discussion. He knew what it was like to be in a lost state. Thus, he was making righteous judgments. He knows salvation is exactly what they need. He knows it's exactly what is necessary for them in order to be in a good standing with God. And so he's doing it in love, right? Ephesians 4.15, but he's making sure they know of their lost condition. Here's the second thing I want to think about, and this is the last thing we'll talk about um, in this episode uh, before we move on to a couple of other things next week. They were ignorant because of refusal. They were ignorant because of refusal. They were zealous, but they were ignorant of the will of God. Why is that the case? Why is it that they were ignorant of what God wanted them to do? Well, it's because they refused. It's because they refused to see and to learn. It's not like nobody was there speaking to them. It's not like they didn't have someone teaching them the gospel. They simply refused because they didn't want to understand it. They heard prophecy after prophecy, right? They saw Jesus walk the earth. They listened to him. They saw his power. They understood all of the things that God was able to do and accomplish while he was here on this earth. And yet, how did they respond? Refusal. It wasn't for a lack of evidence. They weren't ignorant because of they didn't simply didn't know, but they were ignorant because of a lack of willingness to be, because they were so stubborn. Does this describe us sometimes? Sometimes we reject the truth, don't we? Simply because of our stubbornness. Sometimes that well, the, the truth is presented to us and so, and not even just spiritually speaking, just think in, in, in general, all right? Sometimes we get presented with things and we think because there's no way that we could be wrong. And in our minds, we think there's no way that that's true. One plus one can't equal two because I know it equals three. But could it be the case that you and I could possibly be wrong? Is that so hard for us to grasp sometimes? And I think it is. Sometimes it's so difficult for us to think, wow, I could actually be wrong in this scenario. Even more so, spiritually speaking, we have to have a humble enough attitude to consider the fact that there may be some things that we still need to learn. For for those who are not a part of Christ, there is a very good good possibility for you. There's a 100% possibility for you. That there are things you need to learn, things you need to do in order to be in a saved state. Okay, when we approach the scriptures, we need to have an understanding, an attitude of seeing ourselves and analyzing ourselves in a way that Christ would analyze us, right? I'm reminded of, of Revelation chapter three, the church at Laodicea, they, man, they thought they had it good. They thought they knew exactly what they needed to do. They thought they were doing everything right because that's how they analyze themselves. But when Jesus Christ came along and analyzed them, he said, you're actually wretched, you're poor, you're naked, you're miserable, you're blind. Nobody would ever look at themselves and say, yeah, these are all these things that this is how it exactly describes me. But if you and I were honest with ourselves, if we truly looked at ourselves in a way that God looks at us, we could see the flaws and the shortcomings. James, the book of James talks about the Bible being a mirror, James chapter 1. When we open it up, do we see ourselves and do we see our flaws? Brothers and sisters, we have to be able to look at ourselves and see exactly what it is that God would have us to do. One more, th- I'm going to move on to one more point. 
uh, before we close this episode. And number three, I want to think about the knowledge of the gospel here in Romans chapter 10. Again, they knew, didn't they? They knew they had a knowledge. Prophecies, eyewitness, they saw Jesus, and the end result was what? Nothing. In order for us to be saved, yes, we have to be zealous. In order for us to be saved, yes, we have to be able to know things and see those things. Yes, but guess what? There has to be that knowledge. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, studying, or excuse me, 1 Timothy 2 verse 15, studying to be approved by God. 1 Timothy 4 verse 13, Paul, uh, Paul tells Timothy, giving attention to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. Hebrews 2 and verse 1, giving more earnest heed to the things that we have heard. Bob Winton said this. He said, the purpose of studying the Bible is to learn. The purpose of learning is to do. And the purpose of doing is that God's will be done. Brothers and sisters, that's friends, listeners, neighbors. That's why we do what we do, isn't it? We study to learn. We learn, but then what? We do. We apply. But we don't just do whatever we want. We do the will of Almighty God. We do the will of of exactly the one who created us. That's how we're pleasing to God. That's how knowledge is acceptable. That's how you and I are able to do exactly what it is that God would have us to do. Having a zeal, yes, but having a zeal and coupling it with knowledge. Because if you don't have that knowledge behind your zeal, you could be doing a lot of damage for you for the cause of Jesus Christ. There's a lot more things we're going to get into. We're going to do that next week. Next week, we're going to dive more into this idea of zeal, of knowledge, and I'm so excited to do that. Thank you so much for being with me today on this episode. I'm looking forward to next week. Don't forget to check out all of our other episodes here at the Scattered Abroad Network. And until next time, thank you so much and God bless. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.